Good morning and welcome to another episode of Money Talk Extra. Each week on the programme, we look at issues surrounding your savings, investments, income and spending habits to help you make better financial decisions. This week, we're going to look at one of the biggest influences on your overall wealth, your job. Later in the programme, in our investment segment, we shall explain how exchange-traded funds work. And just a reminder once again that if you would like to get in touch with the programme, you can email moneytalk at rthk.hk. Also go and check out our Facebook page, Money Talk Extra, on RTHK Radio 3. We live in an uncertain and rapidly changing world, and that's reflected in our job prospects. Automation has changed the way we work and eliminated many traditional jobs. The gig economy means for those involved in it that work is more flexible and sporadic. More and more people are working freelance, with the freedom but also income uncertainty that brings with it. So to kick off, let's welcome back David Kneebone, who is General Manager of the Hong Kong Investor Education Centre, to talk about steps you can take to plan ahead when you have a job, but your income is irregular and uncertain. Good to see you, David. I'd like to start by asking you about the world of work. It's changed dramatically in recent times, hasn't it? Some people are working without contracts. Others are in the gig economy where they're not regarded as employees at all. There are more people who are self-employed or freelance workers where income can be very lumpy. And agency workers are an expanding part of the economy. When it comes to managing your personal finances, this must create a lot of issues, mustn't it? Well, it can create issues for some. I mean, the, the key thing is planning. And whether your income is regular or irregular... A budget is crucial, not just for the next month, not just for the next six months, but I suppose look out a year ahead if you can. We've got a series of expenses, some that happen once a year, others that, of course, happen a lot more regularly, like rent on our apartments, the need for food. Planning ahead and estimating accurately and fairly, and please be honest, <laughs> helps that whole process a great deal. So if you're one of these people who are in the gig economy, you're not quite sure what you're going to earn from one month to the next, what steps should you be taking? I mean, presumably you need to build up some sort of buffer, don't you, for those times when maybe there's no income coming in or less income than you hoped for? Well, I suppose that the first and crucial thing about a budget is to make sure you estimate very accurately what your expenses may be, the really crucial ones, like rent, like food, like the expenses for your children, etc. But yes, just to go to the second part of your question, in terms of a buffer, an emergency fund is something that gives people uh, I think a degree of comfort, and it's incredibly important if you do go through a period where income is quite sparse. And that, of course, can happen for any reason, not just because contract work is, is, is low at that particular point in time, but illness, redundancy, a, an issue with your car. There's no, no, need, no end of things that could potentially stimulate your need for it. An emergency fund's important. I'd say probably three months of your fixed expenses would be crucial to cover. And understanding that you don't just necessarily need to have that in the bank, but you need to have access to three months' expenses. So do you have a line of credit? Could your mother give it to you? And don't just assume she can. You need to make sure she can. We've heard some horror stories of people saying, Mum, I need the cash now, and find she's just bought a whole lot of shares and she can't sell them. What do you do then? Do you have jewellery that you can sell? If so, what's it worth and who will buy it? There's a number of different ways people cater to this, but... The ideal is to have three months' expenses covered in the bank. The practicalities of that in Hong Kong, for many people on a tight budget, are we've got to explore a number of different ways of doing it. 
So this money really needs to be readily available. It's no good putting it into a retirement account or something that's locked up. It's got to be there, as it suggests, for an emergency right now if you need it. You need to be able to get it out of the ATM machine when you need it. Yep. So it's got to be liquid. <laughs> now, some people use credit cards or loans to cover an emergency. What, what do you say about that? No, I think it's a very valid um, means of having access to funds in this situation, assuming, of course, that after a couple of months you're going to be in a situation to reduce that debt. So the key thing in regards to credit card use is to not let the high interest uh, mm. on that debt uh, carry on for a number of months, in which case there's no point in doing it at all. But there's no harm in using that facility to tide you over. And if you're heavily in debt, what should your priority be? Should it be paying off the debts first or should it be building up the emergency fund? If you're in a situation with regular income and you've got significant debt, always pay off your high interest debts first. Always. Credit card particularly. Uh, maybe you've got uh, money that you've borrowed from a finance company or a third tier lender. Where that interest is high, always pay it off. And then concentrate on uh, lower interest debts. At the same time, you might be able to build up if, if your budget will allow you an emergency fund. I think people, when they go through that process, get to a point where the emergency fund is sometimes the icing on the cake, so to speak. And it does provide people at the end of that process with a huge degree of stress relief and comfort. So is it a good idea maybe to even open a separate account for an emergency fund from the rest of your savings and other things that you have so that it's clear that is the purpose it's for and you can see it build up? Absolutely and it's motivating to do it that way. Also for some to put it in an account where you can't touch it or you might need a second signature to be able to touch it or some limitation that says to you okay I'm preserving this money for a different purpose I'm going to somehow block myself from being able to readily go to the ATM and just take it out straight away unless I absolutely need to. And if you don't have one already it must be a little bit daunting to think I've got to start now building up another set of savings. How do you advise people to start doing that? Well, again, the, the, the initial step is to make sure you've got a budget that works for you and your mm -hmm. family. Um, but it, doing it, setting, setting a payment to go into an account, for an example, to build up an emergency fund uh, and putting it aside in such a way that it doesn't impact on you too much initially uh, can be a, it can create some delightful surprises through the year as you note uh, that amount building up over time. So you've just got to basically set it as a priority goal and make sure that you do do it. So even if you start small, it's still worth doing that? Absolutely. Because over Absolutely. a period of time, that's going to start building up, presumably. Absolutely. Now, if it takes you a couple of years to get there, that doesn't matter. You're doing it. That's what counts. You may have, I mean, who knows, as I mentioned before, there's a range of things that can cause us to need access to an emergency fund. You may go through the next five years without needing access to it at all, or you may have an issue in four months' time. I don't know. We're all in different situations. But setting the path and the goal to do it is a really crucial step. So what is the calculation? Let's go through that. I mean, first of all, if you are a freelance worker, for example, you need to calculate maybe what your average income is and how much of that you need to cover certain vital expenses. Is, is that really the way to do it? You actually really need to sit down and do those calculations, go through the budgets? Absolutely. And I'd say to do that over a 12-month period would be worth thinking about. Your emergency fund, we would recommend three to six months. Others would prefer longer, but I think three to six months is usually enough. Um, of course, whether you're in, as you said at the beginning, part of the gig economy and your work may be slightly erratic 
uh, either through contractual work or whatever, or you're a salaried employee, the issues are actually quite similar because you need to make sure you can cover three to six months of crucial expenses, your rent, your food, the costs for your children, various other things that, of course, you, you need to cover regardless. And I should imagine that when you see this little pot of savings building up, there is a temptation to say, oh, you know, I'd like a new plasma screen TV or a nice holiday. The, the key is you have to avoid that temptation, I presume. This really is for an emergency. Yeah, and easy for us to say and harder for me to do, to be honest, and, and very much. So that's really where we do require, as all individuals, a huge degree of discipline because it is very tempting. Thanks, David. Looking forward to talking to you again soon on Money Talk Extra. That's David Kneebone, who's General Manager of the Hong Kong Investor Education Centre.